Ladies and gentlemen, we're expecting some moderate turbulence. Please remain seated and enjoy the show. You started off this week. I always start. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Moderate Turbulence. My name's Jeremy. And I'm Adele. And this is our podcast on airline-related subjects and where we talk about different aircraft incidents and we talk about our life in the airline or right now our COVID life somewhat in the airline and how that's affecting us. Yeah, right now it's not much to do with the airline industry yeah. because essentially the airline industry, as we mentioned last week, is everybody's laid off and not really many people are flying. Unless you're a pilot, then you're probably doing cargo flights. But as a flight attendant and cabin crew, you are most likely at home trying to figure out what else to do with your life for the meantime. Yeah. And we're podcasting. Yep. I mean, we just started this. I mean, it's a, it's been a work in progress for a while, but now we've, you know, have the time and what else are we going to do? Let's and, try to be productive. Well, yeah. And we, and we've been toying around with our subject matter and what we're going to be talking about. And well, let's be honest, how to keep it interesting, right? Because we're not doing this just for us. We're do, doing this for the listeners. <laughs> Which we, we have a, a few b- listeners, mm-hmm. you know, a few downloads here and there. Yeah. So it's, uh, well, it's funny actually, like it's every taking time I, off. Yeah. <laughs> Well played. Uh, Like I've checked the stats a few times today and every time I've checked, there's been one or two more downloads of uh, some of our content. And I mean, we don't have a lot of content we haven't really been promoting. So it's just what's out there in, uh, in, in the podcast world. Yeah. So are you curious to know what I'm going to be talking about today? Yes. So this week it's Adele's turn to present a case and I have no idea. She's been doing her research and typing out her own little little script there. So uh, I'm very excited to hear what you've been working on. So today uh, I'm going to be talking about the 747 collision in the Canary Islands. Ooh. So if we're ready, let's get right into it. All righty. So on March 27th, 1977, two 747 passenger jets collided at Los Rodeos Airport now called Tenerife North Airport in the Canary Islands. Two 747s. Yes. So that's two jumbo jets. Yes, they're very, very large aircraft. <laughs> well, yes, that's why they call it the jumbo jet. <laughs> okay, so 583 people were killed, oh. making it the deadliest accident in aviation history. Oy. On that day, many factors came into play, which ended with a huge disaster. So we have Pan Am flight 1736 was heading from JFK in New York City to Gran Canaria in the Canary Islands. It had originated in Los Angeles in command Captain Victor Grubbs, age 56, First Officer Robert Bragg, age 40, and the flight engineer was Second Officer George Warns, age 46. All three are experienced pilots. There are 380 passengers and 16 crew on board. The aircraft was a 747-100, nicknamed Clipper Victor, 
notable for conducting Boeing's 747 inaugural commercial flight. It was also involved in Boeing's 747 first hijacking when the plane was forced to land in Cuba and was met by Fidel Castro. Wow. So that that bird alone has a lot of history. Yeah. Wow. And it's, uh, I think, seven years of of life. Yeah. And I mean, in, in the research that I did, it was always mentioning these planes' names. When I don't you say know. names, like a nickname for the plane? Yeah, like this one is called Clipper Victor, and the next yeah. plane has a name too. I don't know if that's a common occurrence in... Like olden time, olden times, well, olden times. Because I've never heard any well, plane I mean, these days being well, think, called think about something. Like, uh, Virgin Airways, they would name all their planes. Like I remember being in London, and when we drive by the the Virgin aircraft, one would be called Ruby Tuesday, one would be called uh, I don't remember, I can't remember all the names. Ruby Tuesday sticks with me for some reason, but yeah, yeah, they uh, Cinderella maybe, Tinkerbell, Tinkerbell. I think one was called. Mm. Anyways, yeah. Well, that's just something I've never really encountered up until this this research right here. Interesting. Well, because none of our planes no. are nicknamed anything. Maybe we should start that. <laughs> well, a lot of them are getting retired. So. Well, yeah. Let, post COVID, let's see what we can uh, what we can bring to the table. Um. So that was the first flight. And then the second flight involved is KLM flight 4805. Uh, and it was flying from Amsterdam to Grand Canaria. In- so hold on a second. Both of these aircrafts were going to Grand Canaria? Yes. But and- this isn't Grand Canaria. What are you talking about? The airport they're at now where this happened? Well, they're not at the airport. I'm telling a story. Okay. (laughs) All right. I'll let you get on with it. It'll make more sense later. This is their flight. This was the flight. So the first one was going from Los Angeles through JFK to Grand Canaria. And then this one was from Amsterdam to Grand Canaria. Okay. So in command of the KLM flight, there is Jacob Veldhutsen van Zanten, age 50. He was KLM's chief flight instructor and had appeared in many KLM advertising campaigns. First officer was Klaas Merce, age 42. Flight engineer was second officer Wilhelm Schroeder, age 48. He was a principal founder and first president of the European Flight Engineers Organization. There are 235 passengers and 14 crew members on board. The aircraft is named RIN and is a 747-200B. Cool. So, on to the uh, events of the day. So, at 1.15 p.m., an explosion occurred at the Grand Canaria Airport, which resulted in one person being injured. Prior to the bomb going off, a phone call warned of the impending detonation. Shortly after, another phone call warned of a second bomb in the airport. This resulted in the airport closing and diverting flights to Los Rodeos Airport. Uh, Okay, now I get it. Thank you. Air traffic controllers informed both Pan Am Flight 1736 and KLM Flight 4805 of what is happening and tell them to divert to Los Rodeos. The pilots of 1736 let ATC know that they will circle until the airport reopens, Their request is denied. 
Los Rodeos is a small regional airport with only one runway, one major taxiway, and several minor taxiways connecting the two. The airport was not designed to accommodate large airplanes, such as the Boeing 747. In total, there were five large aircrafts diverted to Los Rodeos. On the ground, Captain Van Zanten asked to allow passengers to disembark into the terminal. The request was approved. Captain Grubbs asked the same, but his request is denied as the terminal is now full. Passengers are, however, allowed oh, wow. to exit onto the tarmac. Okay, so hold on a second. Uh, what are the names um, of the pilots again, the captains? Van Zanten, so that's KLM captain. Okay. And then Captain Grubbs is the From Pan Am, Pan Am okay. captain. Got it. Thanks. Uh, okay, so the pilots of flight 4805, so that's the KLM flight, are concerned about their duty day limitations. So recently there was a new company policy that implemented that prevents them from going over their company flying limit. If they do exceed the time, they could lose their license. So if Grand Canaria were to remain closed for too long, they would exceed their flying limit, the flight would be canceled, and the passengers would have to wait until the new pilots were flown in from Amsterdam. Amsterdam. Dang. Wow. And hold on. I'm just looking at, uh, we have a map of the world up on the wall here. So I'm just kind of looking from Amsterdam to Canary Islands. Wow. That's still a couple hour flight. Well, I mean, it's not, it's definitely like thinking about it from my research today, I was like, oh, that's a really long day for them. What are they? They're going all the way to the Canary Islands. But I mean, I'm in Calgary. So obviously that would be a very long flight. But from Amsterdam, it's not a very long flight. So yeah. it's an easy day if everything goes well to just drop the passengers yeah. off and go back to Amsterdam. And look, if you look at like the map of Canada there, like when we were both based in Toronto and we would do turns to like Barbados or like, you know, the Southern Caribbean there. And that was a good day. 10 plus hours. Uh, yeah. In well, a anyways, day, or in your working day. Anyways, continue, please. So, yeah. So, um, a few hours later, it starts to rain in order to use the, their time properly. The pilots of flight 4805 decide to refuel in Los Rodeos. So they wouldn't lose any time refueling in Grand Canaria. A few minutes later, Grand Canaria finally reopens. Captain Van Zanten demands all his passengers to get back on board. Their refueling of flight 4805 has not finished. And first officer Bragg, so of the other. That's plane, the Pan Am flight. That's the Pan Am. Yep. Ask the Dutch pilots how long it will take. They say at least half an hour. The Pan Am flight then tries to go around the KLM flight, but they are unable because they do not have 12 feet of clearance. Okay. Because... Because the airport's not equipped for those planes. Got it. Yeah. So they're pretty much all on like the tarmac waiting and like it's just kind of a a traffic jam. Let's be honest. It's a shit show. Come on. <laughs> and uh, so, okay. So then they're just stuck. They're waiting for um, KLM to refuel. And let's remind everyone that KLM pilots are the ones that need to go they, they're the ones are, that are kind it's of in a hurry. Day, yeah. yeah. So they're the ones who wanted to uh, refuel so they don't lose time in Grand Canaria. And yeah. So then KLM passengers, one, 
little typo makes it hard for me to read myself back. So there we go. One KLM passenger abandoned the flight to stay on Tenerife because uh, her boyfriend lived there. So she... Uh, oh, so she was probably trying to get there anyway. It was just like, peace out. I don't want to go there to come back here. Yeah. So she yeah. was... Uh, so she just left. Um, then finally, the KLM flight finishes refueling, but one family of four is missing, which delays the flight even longer. Oh. At this point, flight 4805 only has two hours before it is grounded. Shortly after 5 p.m., KLM flight 4805 is told to taxi down the entire length of the runway. There's oh, a, they're using the runway as a taxiway because they don't have clearance between the two, right? So that's why they're like taxiing down the runway. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, so there is a dense fog surrounding the airport at this point, making it very difficult to see beyond a few hundred feet. Uh, ATC tells flight 1736 to follow flight 4805 before exiting the runway using taxiway C3. Captain Grubbs hadn't been sure what taxiway to use, so he asked ATC again, and they reiterated C3, Charlie 3, the third taxiway on the left. So to paint a more another picture here, the KLM flight is taxiing first, then 1736, the Pan Am flight is following on the same runway, but... Pan Am is supposed to exit on one of the taxiways. Got it. Um, and by this time, the fog is so thick that both aircrafts are not visible to the tower. Okay. Flight 1736 is advancing on the runway, while flight 4805 is instructed to do a backtrack. This means using the runway as a taxiway, making an 180 turn to get into position. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, as I said before, so, um, again, I'm painting another picture here. Um, there's one runway, and both planes were on that same runway. KLM flight 4805 was first, and when it reached the end, it did a backtrack and 180 turn. It was then facing the other way. At the same time, Pan Am flight 1736 was on the same runway heading towards KLM flight 4805. Flight 1736 was tasked to exit at C3, which would have then allowed KLM flight 4805 to accelerate down the runway and take off. Right. Makes sense. So then flight 1736 does not exit at C3. Flight 4805 is ready and waiting for takeoff clearance. First officer Merce asks ATC for takeoff clearance. Flight 4805 receive flying instructions that include the words, we are now at takeoff. Captain Van Zanten takes this as clearance and commences takeoff procedures. All the while, Flight 1736 is still on the runway. Oi. KLM Flight 4805 collided with Pan Am Flight 1736 as it attempted to take off from Los Rodeos Airport. Everyone on flight 4805 was killed. 335 people on board flight 1736 are also killed. 56 passengers, two flight attendants, and the three pilots survive. Wow. 583 fatalities makes it the deadliest aviation accident in history. That's crazy. So American, Dutch, and Spanish investigators look into the events that led up to this devastating accident. 
They discovered that the reason why Flight 1736 did not exit on taxiway C3 is because they would have that would have involved two 148 degree turns, which are impossible for the 747 to make. Taking C4 would only have required two 45 degree turns, which is a much simpler task. Investigators also found that the KLM pilots confused the ATC clearance with takeoff clearance. The tower had given these instructions. Okay, so the Pan Am flight couldn't make that first turn on C3 because they're like, we can't make that. That's too many tight turns that this big freaking plane can't make. So it went to C4. Meanwhile, the KLM flight, which is ready for takeoff, thinks it gets takeoff clearance, but it was just a miscommunication. Wow. Okay. Well, so so here is the tower had given these instructions. Climb to and maintain flight level 90. Right turn after takeoff. But that wasn't clearing them for takeoff. ATC was giving them instructions on what to do once they were cleared for takeoff. Okay. Plus, at the exact time that the tower instructed KLM flight 4805 to stand by for takeoff, I will call you. The Pan Am pilots made the announcement, we're still taxiing down the runway. This caused three seconds of radio heterodyne, whistling sound, in the KLM radio. They did not hear the instructions to stay put and that Pan Am was still on the runway. They only heard the okay when they told the tower that they were taking off. It was also believed that no one challenged Captain Van Zanten's authority due to his superstar status within the airline. Hmm. It was also his first flight in three months. He usually trained new pilots on the flight simulators. Okay. Flight simulators do not have air traffic controllers. (laughs) It was believed that he may have initiated takeoff without proper approval because he was used to being in, in a simulator where he would be the one giving clearance. Wow. Interesting. So although this was a really tragic accident, some good did come out of this event, which has helped to change the airline industry for the better. One of these things is crew resource management for captains for to better cooperate with their crew. Mm-hmm. And ATC towers are also no longer allowed to use the word takeoff unless the, an aircraft is specifically instructed to take off. They instead use the words after departure. Wow. Well, that's good. We don't want that happening again with two freaking four sevens. Yeah. Well, that is the the incident, the uh, Tenerife airport disaster, as you can find it named on many of my research documents. One of the very, very useful uh, ones I watched it's it's a video on youtube made by alec joshua ibe called crash of the century tenerife airport disaster cool um very informative it's kind of like uh it's a recreation of the event so you can you can kind of more better visualize the uh the airport and what happens and the position of the aircrafts yeah Mm -hmm. and also on wikipedia there's a i'm i'm sure it's a lot more of places, but that's the first one that came up. The taxiways of the um, Los Rodeos Airport. So you can see the angles of each 
taxiway. Oh, and why and, C3 is not possible. And how yeah. C3, because essentially how it was described is it would have required them to do a sort of Z pattern, okay. which is it's, hard it's a 747. enough for a smaller plane, but a 747 doesn't really help. Yeah. So. Cool. And I believe there was an episode of Mayday that covered this. That's also possible. Yeah. Mayday does everything. Yeah. Great show. Wow. Good job. Good job, Adele. What a, well, uh, a fantastic incident, but I, I, not a positive one, but, uh, you know, it's good that some positive came out of it with some, uh, good changes to the airline industry, but wow, what a disaster. What are the chances? Two 747s. In a small in a tiny airport. airport. All, and it's, that's that whole like comedy of errors because like, as you said, it was because the, there was a bomb that went off at the airport they were both supposed to land at and threats of a second one. And so all, they all had to land at this tiny airport. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good incident. Yeah. There was like, there's a, every, every, just everything went wrong that day. Yeah. So like they're just some, one of the things needed to go right and none of it went right. Yeah. So there was a bomb. So the airport closed. Then everyone landed. And yeah. then this guy was in a rush. Well, they were going to do the Then there was the rain. Yeah. yeah. Then they and decided fog. to refuel. Yeah. And then there was fog. And so ATC couldn't see. And the airport wasn't equipped for big planes. Yep. And there was miscommunication with the radio language. So it was just like comedy of errors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's how it ha- how it happens most of the time I find when researching these uh air airport incidents. It's a comedy of errors and it's like you just needed one little thing to go right, but when when it all lines up, it's just disaster happens unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I mean I think some people might blame Captain Van Zanten in a way because he just wanted to take off and he wanted to um, get, you know, his duty date. He didn't want to go over it. He didn't want to yeah. lose his license. He probably wanted to get home, and which get we all, the all do. Home and stuff, yeah. Um, but at the same time, there was a good quote under one of the videos is about if you're new, if you're at a job, if you're new, you're brand new, you're learning. You're not going to be the one making the big mistakes. It's the experienced, complacent people that are going to make those mistakes because they, it's not laziness. It's just, they're not as trained and they're not as fresh and they're just, you know. Well, you use the perfect word. It's complacency. They're complacent. So, yeah. but I mean, thankfully there's a lot more, these accidents did happen. So things have been put into place. So these incidents and misfortunes don't happen again. I mean, this was in 1977. So thankfully yeah. we don't hear of these huge disasters happening yeah. anymore. Hopefully different kind of accidents, incidences, disasters, Yep. because the world will just never be perfect, well, but, but you know, we're always learning Two seven. 47s colliding in yeah. a tiny little airport in Spain. Crazy. Well, in the Canary Islands, right? Yeah. Spain. They're Spanish. Well, I know, but it's not mainland Spain. Like Canary Islands are way over there. <laughs> there. I'll show you after. Okay. 
you're still looking. <laughs> well, I can't see them, so. All right. Well, moving on from uh, from your wonderful uh, incident that you presented, uh, what do you have planned this week? Anything big, fun, adventurous? No. No, nothing? Lots of rest. Lots of rest, yeah. And figuring out what's happening with the world, pretty much. It's a waiting game. Yep. Hoping that we'll get word soon. It's it, it's a waiting game. You're right. Find out what's going on. I mean, here in Calgary, they've opened, uh, they've started opening things again. Uh, restaurants are able to seat at 50% capacity. All the wait staff wears masks. It's, uh, it's interesting. We'll see how that unfolds. Uh, that's still pretty new. Uh, and yeah, we're going to do a little trip to the mountains. Uh, it was my birthday a couple days ago and I hit the big four zero. So that was fun. And even though it's quarantine times and COVID times, a big thank you to Adele for making it as special as possible for me. It's very difficult (laughs) right now, especially since we don't want to spend any money. Well, yeah. (laughs) That we don't know if we're going to get back in the next year, two, three years. Yeah. So, but, you know, you make the best of situations and we do have our beautiful Rocky Mountain playground. So we're trying to make up for our rainy last Friday. (laughs) On my actual birthday, we we did drive out to to the mountains, but it was raining quite a bit. We still had fun. We had a great drive. We were listening to some podcasts along the way. And uh, yeah, you know, you make the most of it. Of course. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you again, Adele, for that, uh, for your incident. And uh, we will see you again next week. Yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get a new incident. Well, not a new one, but (laughs) research a new one. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Hopefully you guys will tune in next week and hear about more of aviation, history, and current events. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're going to set it up. We'll make some more announcements on the next uh, episode of, uh, of Moderate Turbulence. But uh, we have an email set up so you can send us some of your own incidents if you want, like not big you know, plane crashes or anything like that. But if there's any incidents you've had on board your flights and you want to share that with us uh, and we'll share it on, on the air here, that would be wonderful. But we'll share more about that next week. So yeah. until then, be nice to your crew members if you are flying. And if you're not, stay home. Yeah, and be careful because we all want things to go back to normal very soon so we can all travel to the Canary Islands. Yay. All right. Bye now. Bye.